Pastor Barb's sharing something. Well, do it up here. You're, you're, oh, okay. What are you doing down there? I don't know. When we were singing that song about breathing God into our lungs, I really saw God healing lungs from COVID. I know there's so many that can't, they have a hard time walking and, and doing anything. They're exhausted. And as I saw that breathing in God into our lungs, I said, oh, ooh, that's cool. So if that's you out there, if that's you in here or out online, you just start taking those deep breaths from God and letting them heal those lungs. I have one man in particular. I know God healed him today. He's not here today, but I know God healed his lungs. And it was so exciting. And I thought, Lord, more than just him are those that are suffering. Just let them breathe deep. Let them breathe in God and be healed in the name of Jesus. Hey, and now would you pray for the service, the rest of it? Fine. <laughs> you, came up, you came up and interrupted me. I'm the sorry. least you can do is pray. You gave me permission I many did. times. You so. did ask. So, yeah, yeah. And, that doesn't and, happen very and often. And I was waiting for you to say something, and you said it, so I thought, okay, that's my cue. <laughs> All right, let's pray, because God's got something special today. He's going to anoint this service just for you. Father God, we just thank you and praise you. We let the Holy Spirit take charge today. And God, work through Pastor Norm as he speaks and help us to open our ears and our eyes to hear and see you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I am so blessed to be married to such a wonderful woman. No, that wasn't a joke. That was true. That came from my heart. So once again, this week has been one of those interesting weeks where, you know, you go down one path and you think you got it. I mean, I, I was so confident. By Thursday night, I was done with my message. Then yesterday, I went back to it, I read it, and I went, this isn't what you want, is it? <laughs> Nothing. The, the heavens were brass. And I'm like, Lord, Really? Again, this seems to be habitual, and, and maybe it's me. I don't know. I'm not going to blame God for it. But I do know this. It's been a fun, fun time trying to get whatever it is he's got for us. And so, this morning I came in and completely... <laughs> so, if it doesn't work, it's his fault. <laughs> if it does, it's his fault. Either way, it's his fault. Yeah, he's got this. And, and I trust that uh, what he put on my heart is from him today. Again, we, we come in here week after week, and, and what do you expect? To meet with God. I mean, that should be our priority, amen? And that, that lines right up with the message today, which is we are a royal priesthood, and we are called to serve our God. There's no better position to be in than to be one of his priests. And we're going to talk about that today. Did you know that we're all called to be priests? Every single one of us. Not in the sense of the Catholic Church. I was raised in Catholicism and sometimes I felt sorry for those priests because they had to take a vow of celibacy I'm not made for that, obviously. 
four boys. I'm thankful I was able to get married. And God blesses the marriage. But that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about serving just the church. We are called to serve one another, you and I, as priests in the house of the Lord. So today, if you're a believer, I want you to understand what it means to be a priest in the house of God. I'm going to start with 1 Peter 2.9. If, if you know the scriptures, you probably already figured that out. From the NLT, verse 9, you are a chosen people. You are a royal you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Does that do anything for you? When God owns you? Let me ask you this. Uh, Mary? You're, are you here? You're with me. All right. If somebody were to mess with your granddaughter, what would you do? Huh? Uh, we, don't tell me, because I can already tell on your face what you would do. That I pity the fool that would, would try to mess with Emily, all right? So here we go. We're in this thing, and we are God's possession. And what that means is nobody's going to get anything on you or over you unless that's supposed to happen, unless that's a part of his plan for you. You know, sometimes we go through some hard things that aren't all that easy, all, you know, it's not according to the way we'd like to see it go, right? But God's still in control, and you are still his possession. Understand that. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. What a blessing. We don't have to walk around in darkness. You know, I, I see some of these horror flicks on TV. Uh, I don't watch them. Why? Because, honestly, it, it puts me in a funk when I do. The, the couple, and I mean that. I don't, I don't watch horror films because I can't stand people getting hacked to pieces and stuff. Not to paint that picture. We are in the light. And not just the light, the wonderful light of God. Once you had no identity as a people, now you're God's people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're God's people. <laughs> Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And listen, there's no better mercy than what comes from our Lord. We belong to God, but... As priests, there are some expectations from him, some requirements even. We are expected, this is a no-brainer and it's right there, we are expected to let our light shine and not cover it up. As his priests, we should be drawing people to God. And that happens as they see our good what? Works. Now, it has nothing to do with salvation, right? We know that. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace. But we're expected to do good works. Hallelujah. God has a plan. A plan for us to do good works that he planned long ago. 
We are called to serve God, number one. He's got to be number one. And then we are called to serve people. And by people, I mean people. The folks around you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, those are the people that we are called to serve. Thank you, Clarence. One amen. Here's one that I don't necessarily like, but it's part of this. As his priests, we are called to live for him, which means we relinquish our right to live the way we want to. Hmm. I just want to be happy. Who doesn't? The joy of the Lord is your strength. But that doesn't mean the Lord's going to give you everything you want on your bucket list. Right? In fact, sometimes you're not going to get what you want on your bucket list. I still haven't caught a giant muskie. We have that talk every now and then. My point is, it doesn't matter. I'm his. I'm his. There's going to come a day when we're going to be on the other side of glory. I want to tell you what, that muskie ain't going to mean a thing to me. That Corvette isn't going to mean a thing to you if that's your bucket list. What matters is that we belong to him and we are his priests and we serve him and we serve his people. That's what matters. We must live as he calls us to live. Can I get a good amen? amen. So the first attribute of a priest, <laughs> again, I, I didn't make this list up. Remember who Peter is? Who is Peter? He's the apostle. He was the one. Yeah, we're going to get to that. He's the rock. He was the first one to come out of the gate after the Holy Spirit fell on him who started preaching. Imagine that. Peter, upon this rock. There it is. Acts 2. It happened. And Peter was the pillar of the church in its original formation. But here's what he said. But now. Everybody say, but now. What does that mean? That means after you are born again, committed to Jesus, you've given your life to him, you've said yes and amen, and I'll do whatever. Did we say that? I'll do whatever you call me to do. You said it, not me. He'll call you on it. But now, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy. Why? Because he is holy. How are you doing with this? I've actually had people tell me, 
Pastor Norm, I don't want to get born again. What? Why? Because I want to be able to do whatever I want to do and not feel bad about it. You know what I'm going to do? When I get old, then I'm going to give my life to the Lord. But I don't want to be a hypocrite in the meantime. I have heard this from people. It breaks my heart, and I know it breaks God's. Because what they're saying is, eh, you don't mean that much to me right now. As his priests, we must be holy. The Lord's priests, you and I, were called to be holy. And what does holy, being holy mean? It means to separate ourselves from fleshly desires. It's not that easy in today's society. If you turn on the television, if you turn on your computer, what do you see? Flesh, 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 flesh. I can't say it fast enough. Whether it's skin or, or gambling or drinking or whatever, it's all about the flesh. And as priests, we are supposed to be different from the world, separated from them. That doesn't mean that we're not in the world, but it means that we aren't a part of what they're doing. Remember, we're bringing the light in. We don't jump on the dark bandwagon. You hear me? They're doing that already. They did that well enough. They don't need your help. Where they need your help, where the world needs your help today, is to see the goodness of God in you. That's what we must share. That means that we don't set ourselves up. We, we don't go to the nightclubs, the bars, the porn sites. We don't watch explicit movies. Those are things that are fleshly, and they, they do not lend to being a holy priest. Amen? The Lord demands that his priests remove themselves from sin and from a sinful lifestyle. He demands it. So to put it bluntly, sin is not, say it with me, sin is not okay for God's priests. Again, can I get a good amen? amen? Wow. You know, if we practiced this right here, this world would be different. Here's a good rule of thumb. Not that you need it, but I'm giving it to you for free. If the Bible condemns it, say it. Don't do it. If the Bible condones it, do it. Does that make sense? If the Bible condemns it, do not do it. 
if the Bible condones it, do it. You can't go wrong. That's what a priest does. Right? That's pretty simple. In the next chapter, chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verse 5, it says this, And you, his priests, are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his what? Oh, that we grab hold of this today. Do you know that when the people and the priests got together and they did things the way that God expected it to be done, his glory came down. And what happened? Miracles. Enemies were tromped on. How many have an enemy? We all do. Whether it's in the darkness, spiritual demons, the devil, whatever you want to attribute it to, the world, the flesh, temptation, we have enemies. And they hate us because God loves us. We're his. The devil hates anything that God has possession of. And his goal is to take that possession away from God. And I'd say he's doing a pretty doggone good job. That's not a good thing. Are you still with me? Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Mm. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Let me go back. Matthew 16, 18, somebody mentioned it before. I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Hear me. There are days I need to be reminded of this. There are days I need to look at this scripture and say, Norm, the devil is not going to beat you today because of this. The gates of hell will not prevent it from happening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Peter, if you remember the rock, in verse 5 here he says, the stones are going to build the rest of this temple. Technically, Jesus is the foundation, but the church is built out of what? You and me, people, the priests. The priests. We are the stones that make up the building material. We are the material that builds the church. We are the spiritual temple. And according to Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell will not defeat it. Can you say amen? amen? And then at the end of this verse, Peter explains something that 
I think we too often ignore. Something that is supposed to be a part of being a priest, but we don't necessarily like it, so maybe we ignore it, maybe we just skim over it. But I want you to see it clearly today. It's that last half of the sentence that you are to offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. In my opinion, I believe this is missing in the church today. I believe that what Peter was saying is simple. If you're a priest, you're expected to sacrificially offer yourself to God. But I don't think very many people do that. We are to bring spiritual sacrifices to God. This is our spiritual service. This is what it means to separate ourselves for the things of God. Hear me. <laughs> the Lord does not want seconds. Would you say that with me? The Lord does not want seconds. There's a reason that Peter said, God is holy, therefore you must be holy. Because God does not want seconds. I got a birthday card this week, last week. And it's really kind of funny. An impossible birthday stunt, it starts out with. Put your tongue on this, the bullseye. Can you see it? I mean, I'm way up here, I know, it, it's hard to see it. On this spot, the bullseye. Then sing the birthday song without moving it. Ready? A little bit of that puberty thing came out there. I don't know where that came from. Woo. Then I opened it up. It says, don't feel bad. Nobody at the store could do it either. God does not like seconds. <laughs> what I want you to see with the card, the idea of the card is just like you were, Ew. all those people stuck their tongue on them, Pastor Norm did too. You got the picture right away. When we sin. That's what it does with God. Ew. He's not going to. All right, that's me. I'm just trying to make this a visual. But he is going. He doesn't want seconds. Be holy. For I am holy. What does this mean for the church? What does this mean for his priests? It means that we avoid things that are edgy. Now understand, I, I'm not talking about thinking outside the box here. 
heaven-sent ideas, things that nobody else has tried. I don't mean that. What I'm talking about is things that when you do them, you know in your spirit, this is wrong. You're, you're walking, the, you're getting so close to that sin line, that's what I mean by gray. And you're pushing it, and you're pushing it, and you're pushing it. Well, let me tell you something. You've already sinned in your heart, if that's where you're at. Don't be that person. That's what is meant by spiritual sacrifice. Stay away from those gray areas. Number two, avoid things that require you or your family to miss church. Now, hear me. I'm not talking about vacation here. Everybody needs a break. But I'm speaking about a lifestyle of missing church. What are you going to say to your son or daughter when they're 20 years old and their life is a wreck and you say, you need to go to church? And they're going to say to you, why? You never did. How are you going to be the example that they follow? So don't be that cool parent. Well, you, you want to stay home again? Okay, go ahead. I don't know who I'm imitating, but. Listen. It's a spiritual sacrifice to come to church. Your children need to see you sacrifice for God. Some positives. Do things that draw you closer to the Lord. Throw a few at me. Worship? What? what? Quiet time. Meditate. Prayer. Study. Go out and sit in a boat with a fishing pole. I'm not talking about me. And, and one of our ladies just said this. She said, you know, I didn't catch a thing. Everything I threw in the water, the fish took it. But she said it didn't matter. It was medicinal to her. She recognized where she was at. She was with God. He created it all. He did that for you and me, you know. So every now and then, it's just nice to go out in the woods and enjoy a little walk. Or out on the lake and enjoy a little boat time. Whatever. If it's you and him, praise the Lord. He wants that from you. We get it in our heads unless you're praying Unless you're fasting, you're not doing anything good for God. Well, that's not what I'm saying. He created us to enjoy these things. But do it with balance. And make sure if it's going to weigh one way or the other, it's always going to be toward him, not away from him. That's all I'm saying. Make sense? Finally, one last thing. Where did I go? Here it is. Live your life as though Jesus... We're coming back tomorrow. I suspect that if we would all do this, we would be different. We would be so anxious to tell people about what God has done for us and what he can do for them to introduce them to our Savior and Lord. That's what priests do. They draw people to him through their example.
Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. I'm not going to read all this. I, I just put it up there. You can go back and read it. This is the judgment part of chapter 25. It's not necessarily what I like reading just before I go to bed. But it does have some things in it that are appropriate for priests. And I want to share them with you today. I'm, I'm going to read some of the passage, and then I'm going to point out a list of things that Jesus brought out. So see if you can catch them. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, and by the way, the people on the right are the priests that I'm referring to here. They are the followers of Jesus Christ. They are the ones who have committed their lives to him and are allowing him to use them to his glory. Come, you who are, what? Blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. So we already know that those on the right side, on the righteous side, those are the ones who are going to be rewarded with none other than the kingdom of heaven. And I can't wait to get there because I'm telling you, it's going to be way better in Disney World. Way better. For I was hungry. And this is the part that starts the list. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, Tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. That's what a priest does. To minister to Jesus, you minister to others. Now that list is pretty simple. I want you to notice what's in common with each of these. You fed me. You gave me something to drink. You invited me into your home, though you did not know me, a stranger. You clothed me when I was naked. You cared for me when I was sick. You visited me when I was in prison. Do you see the common thing here? It's not as obvious as I'd like it to be. Each of these takes sacrifice. This is our spiritual sacrifice. Because every time we do these things, we are doing them as unto the Lord. It takes time, 
It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes resources. When God has something for us to do, and this is an add-on here, seldom is it convenient. Case in point, a couple weeks ago, I had a downstate pastor text me and say one of his interns was stranded at the rest area in Gaylord. His car broke down. I'm like, okay. And? <laughs> I called him. What do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? And he said, well, I really don't want him sleeping in the woods tonight. I knew what that meant. Somebody had to go get him. All right? Here's the thing. I got the text at 5.30. I didn't see it till 6. I called the pastor, found out what was going on, and I had somebody at my house who had come over for a barbecue, unannounced, but they were from Lansing, and we were enjoying dinner together. We were enjoying this time together. Number one hit. Number two, we had family coming on my wife's side, her, her uh, sister's family. There were four of them coming to stay with us overnight. Three of them I'd never met. So I don't have that big a house. But we sure seem to be good at putting people up. But anyway, so with them, four plus our two, that was six, and that was it. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this guy? And I decided, all right, just go get him. So I told my friend I had to go. He left. I went and picked this young man up at the rest area. And I'm all the way there. I'm thinking, oh, i got to go all the way down to Waters to get on the expressway to come all the way back to Gaylord because you can't use those emergency things, you know. One, there was one of the times when I thought, well, I could probably get away with it. I'm a chaplain. <laughs> I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to push it. So I see this young man. He was very clearly defined. Blonde hair, shaved head. I'm like, yep, that's him. I pull up. We look at his car. It was a, it was a VW. I'm a GM guy. I couldn't even figure out, it was a transmission, I couldn't even figure out how to check the tranny fluid because I couldn't figure out how to get the cover off the top of the engine. And I just looked at him and I said, brother, I don't know how to tell you this, but our mechanics aren't open on the weekend. You know, especially a VW. So I grabbed him. He locked his car up. We went to my house. We had, Barb had made a delicious pork chop, barbecue pork chop dinner. Oh, it was good. Well, he got the leftovers. And he didn't mind a bit. In fact, not only did he like Barb's pork chops, but he also liked her homemade blue cheese dressing. And then he had dessert. That kid was 
He was happy. And at 10 o'clock, I said, brother, I got this family coming in. I said, I'm not trying to be rude, but you can't stay here. So I'm going to take you to church. I gave him blanket, towel, uh, blanket, towel, sleep, uh, pillow. I said, we'll let you sleep on the couch tonight. You'll be safe. We got a shower up there, kitchen. You know, I opened the place up. Card Blanche, our church. I love seeing our church used. And I brought him up and made him comfy. And I did tell him, oh, by the way, if you get hungry, there's ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> well, I think he was 23. He found the ice cream. <laughs> All that to say, we took care of him. Maybe normally I would have just had him stay at my house, but because of the size of my house, I wasn't able this time. But I wanted to say this. It's never convenient when the Lord has something for you to do. It's always sacrificial. That's our spiritual obligation to the Lord. When he calls us to do these kinds of things, you invited me in, though you did not know me. As I begin to close, God calls each of us to be his holy priests. He has a job for us, a, an assignment. And our responsibility is to him first and then to those who he puts in contact with us. That means that we're here to serve the Lord and his people, and it also means that we're available. I don't necessarily like this part but we're available 24-7. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. In fact, sometimes I think it's, it's more of a sacrifice when it's inconvenient. I'm going to be honest with you, when I got that text from that pastor, my first thought was, I want to blow this off because I knew the evening we had ahead of us. I just wanted to enjoy the company of my friend and Yada, yada. But it didn't, didn't last long. <laughs> I recognized the, the evil of my ways, the flesh, and I chose to do the right thing. That's what God expects from us. You, you might battle with some things, but in the end, as long as you eventually make it to that place, where you're doing what he asked you to do. That's what's important. Right? I mean, obviously, he would like it if you just went, yes, sir! <laughs> but how many of us do that? Not too many. We have to weigh it out. That's just human nature. That's the flesh. We are the church. Capital C. We are the holy temple. And we are being built into the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom of God. Are you willing, mighty priests, to live sacrificially for him? As part of the royal priesthood, you and I are called to be holy people. And I suspect that there are many here and even those online who might say, you know, mm, 
Maybe that's not me this week. I just want to ask you, are you ready to make that change, to commit yourself to him? Are you willing to do what it takes to be a priest in God's house? I already told you what it means. Be holy, for I am holy. Live sacrificially as you do these things to others. You're doing them as unto me. Would you stand? This is between you and the Lord. I don't even want to see hands today, but if, if you would say to me, Pastor Norm, I don't feel like I've been very priestly, but I want to make that change I don't think I've been living a holy life, but today I'm going to repent of my sins and ask the Lord to forgive me and help me with this because I want to be used. I, I want to be in heaven someday and I want to be rewarded for the good things that I've done, not the evil, wicked, bad things that I've done. I want to take what God has given me and use it to his glory not to fulfill or satisfy my fleshly lusts. If that's you, I want you just to say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today, I recognize the weight of what my sins meant to you. Jesus, you took them all. Past, present, and future. You took them to the cross. You died with them. And my sins are now under the blood of Jesus Christ. Never to be called up again. I want to take advantage of that today. Of what you did, Jesus. So today, I want to be your priest. I want to be holy as you are holy. So not only do I confess my sins to you, but I make this vow that I will live for you all the days that I have left. Now help me, Lord. Help me to live righteously. Fill me with your Holy Spirit who will help me with these things to avoid temptation, to avoid sinfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. And help me to see the good opportunities that are right in front of me where you can use this person to shed my light for the goodness of God and to your glory. I pray this in your precious name, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. To him be the glory and all the praise.
<laughs> Mighty priests. Royal priesthood. Yeah, well, I don't want to say I'm getting used to it, but I'm getting used to it. I almost started with this, I love you. I really mean that. And I don't know what God's going to do here with us, with this remnant of people. But let's keep putting him first. Look for ways to bless him. Look for ways to bless him. Help others out in the process. How simple is that? Father, keep us safe in our coming and going. Bind this body of believers together with cords of love. Lord, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Obviously. And we are just going along for the ride. Help us to be faithful. We commit this church, our families, our friends, our neighbors, even our enemies into your hands today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.